I am Emily Lyons. In 2009, without a high school degree and no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. But since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be lifted and shifted by these people too. After all, all inspiring people are inspired people. So get ready to be inspired. This is Mind Your Business. Well, welcome, Joshua B. Lee. <laughs> Hello, Miss Emily Lyons. <laughs> so first off, you call yourself the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. I got to know the backstory for this. Yeah, no worries. Well, I will take one step that I call myself that, but I didn't create the name. So that is one mm-hmm. of the biggest things. It was, this actually happened a couple of years ago and I was doing a podcast on a friend's podcast. It's called the Hustle and Flowchart Podcast, all on the marketing side. And we were just kind of going through talking about what I do on LinkedIn, the human aspect of it, and you know how we've all been conditioned over the last 20 years, you know, for these little dopamine hits. You know, I mean, one of my first clients was MySpace 20 years ago. I helped them design one of the first social media ads. So I've been watching this stuff. And I explained how the human element, how we go through just honestly. How my mom, you know, taught me how to be able to treat other human beings. We're just doing it online with these little bits of dopamine hits. And then the next thing you know, the podcast comes out, Emily, and it's like, Joshua B. Lee, the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. And I'm like, I'm just kind of stuck. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So not a title self-given, but a, a title that has stuck and I've, I've you know, leveraged to where we are now. Hmm. And I mean, you do a lot of different things. You've got a lot of things that you've done as well under your belt. What's your focus right now? Be 100% honest, my focus is about to be a dad, right? (laughs) (laughs) My wife, you know, as you know, Rachel B. Lee is pregnant with our little daughter. So it'll be the first time I'll be a new dad since 11 years ago when my daughter was born. And I have a son that's 14. So it's it's a new shift for me. But that's on the personal side, right? But business-wise, I mean, really, we're spending a lot of time really diving deep and getting the opportunity to work with LinkedIn specifically and what they're doing with AI, right? And how they're actually incorporated into their platform because I think it's really, really important how people are looking at this in this world right now because honestly, everyone thinks AI is, it's kind of like an appliance, right? It's they're like, oh, well, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to put my laundry in it and it's just going to do my laundry. Well, mm-hmm. AI is not like that, right? It's not an appliance, it's a tool. And one of the biggest things I want people to understand is it's not here to replace humans, but in the the tool in the right human's hands, as you and I know, can create masterpieces. We're talking about artwork, you know, music, you know, sculptures, right? So that's what I want people to think about with AI and what I'm seeing and being a part of what LinkedIn's doing with AI because of Microsoft owns LinkedIn and Microsoft also invested $13 billion into OpenAI which is the mm. founder of ChatGPT. I'm telling you, Emily, it's really interesting and cool because they're doing what Elon Musk wanted or was doing with Twitter, which most people weren't paying attention to, which was monetize, or really analyzing that human algorithm on that platform to create his next AI. But LinkedIn's mm. doing that at a higher level that I've never seen. It's pretty amazing. Oh, wow. That, that was a lot. <laughs> that's neat. So 
You talk a lot about the human side of social media and showing up as a human authentically and all of that. Do you worry that the AI takes away from that? No, I think it's going to allow the true human beings that are trying to be able to you know, educate, inspire, and draw people in, not sell them and create true value on right, not just more noise. I think it's really going to allow them to be able to shine. I think there are so many people are going to go in and they're like, oh man, it, it can do everything for me. It's going to create all my content. It's going to do my comments. It's going to do everything. And that's going to shine through because one, those people aren't, get, there's no human element. Like I think AI can probably do 90% of the work, but if you don't have that 10% human in there, you're going to miss that emotional connection because as human beings, we make decisions emotionally based on some degree of love or hate. Mm-hmm. You don't make decisions being a difference. So I think it's a powerful tool. And I think the tool again, in the right hands are going to make people like you and I really shine and stand out. And I think it's going to really, really show the noise that's out there because I, I don't think content's king anymore. I think quality is queen. And I think that's going to show up more and more these days now more than ever. And I think we're going to have another 2008 on our hands where, you know, yes, we went through a recession, but more so being in the marketing world, Emily, I saw a huge difference with all the people are like, oh, I can do online advertising and do marketing. And then all those companies fell off because they were just trying to mimic what the real companies were doing. And we had a clearing of space. And I think that's what we're about to start seeing real soon. Hmm. Just my that. perspective. <laughs> yeah. So with your company, Standout Authority, what does Standout do? Oh, I'm really blessed. Um, we are... I like always like to say we are the human algorithm, some of the top voices on LinkedIn. And, and that's actually expanding now because some of our clients love how we interact and go through. And now we're actually taking over their, their personas across all their social media platforms. And so what that means is we're going through, right? We've, I've been blessed, right? I get to work with men and women. I used to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies, different people from John Maxwell. I had the opportunity with Tony Robbins, you know, uh, John Foley, Dan Sullivan, Joe Polish. I mean, so many amazing marketers are out there and, you know, really teaching them and being able to take over and become them, right? Understanding their manners and their tonality and how do we actually not sell someone? No one wants to be sold. And how do we actually leverage LinkedIn that most people don't know how to use? Mm. How do we really educate, inspire, and draw their audience through true, authentic conversations that build relationships because relationships open up opportunities. And so I think that's where we kind of really step in and not only create their content, be able to build out their personal brand, but actually foster, we're not a lead gen company. And there's so many I'm out there and honestly, all they're going to do is take your money. Most times we're yeah. a, we're a high-end relationship building company and that's what we do. Hmm. So you focus on LinkedIn. Why is that? I think so many people just are sleeping on it. I mean, Bloomberg recently came out with an article that LinkedIn's cool again. I was like, dude, I thought it was cool all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and even Gary Vee, like I did a whole TikTok and an Instagram, you know, reel on it about, he's like, I can't believe they're just saying this. Everyone's sleeping on LinkedIn. Are you kidding me? There's so much opportunity. You're fighting against so many other people on platforms. And, you know, that's the truth, right? I mean, there really is so much opportunity because most people go on there and like, Hey, Emily, I see you're wearing a shirt. Me too. Let's connect. And you're like, what? And then if you do connect with them, all they do is pitch you and they're always talking about themselves. So there's so many more opportunities because the people on that platform too, I mean, Emily, you're talking about, you know, 50% or more of the people on LinkedIn, which is almost hitting a billion um, users now have a college degree or higher. So you're talking about an educated audience. Mm-hmm. We've got 
four out of five people on the platform are business decision makers. So they have the authority and the ability to be able to make a decision. And then last but not least, when we talk about average incomes, people that have disposable income enough to be able to make a purchasing decision and back it up with money, you know, you're looking at last time, like Twitter's like $58,000 a year. Facebook's around $64,000 a year average income. Again, we're talking about United States. And then average income on LinkedIn is $120,000 a year. So you have an educated audience that has the ability to make a purchase decision and the financials to back it up. I mean, like for me, that's a win-win-win. Yeah. Hmm. And the biggest clients that we've had have found us from LinkedIn. Yeah. Like I noticed like the the billionaires, they're not on any other platform except for LinkedIn. 100%. Well, and the cool thing is, Emily, like you're right. There are certain people that are like, oh, LinkedIn's not a social media platform. They have been around the longest, right? They've been around for over 20 years. No other platform has been around as long as them and backed by Microsoft. You know, if you're betting against that behemoth, they've been around for a long time. But I think the cool thing is, um, even before this, right, being found on LinkedIn, like you do an amazing job on LinkedIn. I I love, you know, me. I always see your posts. I engage. I love what you do on there. You really show up and shine. And it's not just that, right? Like because of the what we call the Moz score, right? The how SEO is ranked on like platforms like Google, where we all want to be found. Not only when you're creating content, creating an amazing brand like you did, like your personal brand on your LinkedIn homepage, and then also the comments that are going on there, all those are getting indexed highly, not just on LinkedIn, but on Google as well. So it's a you're you're now not only getting found on LinkedIn, but Google and getting really highly SEO ranked. And then the kicker, even more so is now, like I mentioned earlier, that that open AI relationship that Microsoft did, mm-hmm. now they're indexing. So now you're going to find on LinkedIn, Google, and you're going to be able to become the authority on open AI, aka chat GPT, because they're indexing on that content in a way that's really phenomenal. So it's it's pretty powerful. Wow. So do you use the other social media platforms? Yeah, personally? of course. I wish I could say I use them as good as you, Emily. You really have an amazing, yeah, you know... You platform. I mean, you connect with your audience so well. And, you know, yes, we go through and I'll, I'll add value. I mean, I've, I've got followers, we go in there and it's just being able to adjust, but it's not like I'm spending every single day, right? I decided I was going to go in and be the, the best in the world at LinkedIn. And so that's what we continue to be able to do now with AI. Yes, we are able to be able to open up a little bit more and leverage it as a tool to be able to help us be really well, take what we already do really well and make those one degree to, you know, shifts to be able to start leveraging those other platforms as well. Hmm. People seem to think, I mean, it used to be more so that LinkedIn is only for business. The posts should only be business related. What do you think about that? You know, they go, oh, it's a business platform. I, you know, it's B2B, you know, you're B2B or B2C. What do you do? Well, I don't believe either one exists. I mean, after doing almost a billion dollars in advertising throughout my career, you know, one of the biggest things I learned is there is no B2B or B2C. It's just ways to diversify ad spend. Everything's yeah. H2H, human to human. Like every company is run by another human being. So the content on there, like I see this all the time. Oh, it's getting too personal. Being able to go through, like there's other humans on there. They're connecting. Like you have to be able to understand, like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know when you're, like I say Facebook, right? Like I've got kids. They always do the obligatory post of first day of school. I don't need to know that your kids are going to school, but I damn sure better understand that you have kids, right? Like, oh, Josh yeah. is a dad. Me too. I bet we relate because we look for people with commonalities. We make yeah. those decisions emotionally. And we want to be able to have that connection. So we can then to be able to see it. My wife, Rachel, 
honestly, so here's a, here's a good example, Emily, right? So we went through IVF for almost two and a half years, right? Trying to be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Never put that on LinkedIn. Not many people talk about it anywhere else, but that's where our audience is. And she shared that and actually shared a picture of her after leaving um, the IVF facility, the doctor um, being told that it wasn't going to work again. And she was in tears. And I mean, the visibility of that post was amazing. And honestly, it actually grabbed the attention of like the New York Times. And they recently featured her talking about the human element on LinkedIn that's showing up now and how powerful it is and why it shouldn't be missed on that platform. Hmm. Wow. I actually remember seeing that. I remember her posting about that. Yeah. So, you know, this is that whole piece. It's it's everyone's journey. You can do whatever. Like there's always going to, a good friend of mine, Jesse Elder, always tell me, it's like, look, there's always going to be haters. So, you know, no matter how much you're going through to be able to do, they're going to be jealous of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you just got to drink that haterade and (laughs) keep on moving forward. Right. Like until you have those people that are, they're going, oh, I can't, you can't do this. Oh, why, why not? I mean, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I think mm-hmm. we get in this world too often where like people try and control others on what's like anything I tell you or tell anyone on how to leverage LinkedIn. It's just my perception, right? It's based on what I've learned. Take it or leave it. But I'm like, I'm not going to be like, this is the way that you have to use LinkedIn or else. Yeah. Come on. It's nice when people can share the tough times, the bad things, because on LinkedIn, I find it's such a highlight reel of you go on there and it's like, oh, my business did this and <laughs> got acquired for that. And so then when you can see the human elements and that it's not all, you know, just, oh, we're happily expecting a baby. Yeah. You can see the struggle behind that. That's what we relate to because we all have struggle. We just don't all talk about it. Well, and I think it's not even on the personal side. I mean, I think we need to talk about the struggle in the business as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, I've gone through, I mean, I went through my divorce nine years ago. I mean, I shut down all my companies, walked away at 36 with a little bit under a thousand dollars. My name, like all the things. And and that's why I wrote my book, Balance is Bullshit, because, you know, we get taught this whole work-life balance that we have two different lives, right? A a work life and a personal life, and they need to be separated, especially on LinkedIn. And that's, it's incredible. It's like having two different personalities. We only have one life. We have to live it that way. And how are you and I really going to affect the next generation if we only talk to about the amazing things? We don't share the struggles that we go through because so many entrepreneurs, so many bi- people in business struggle and they feel alone. And the way that you and I can truly be able to affect this world on a greater scale is to be able to share the, the, the struggles, the hardships, the, the times we've gotten knocked down, but got back up again to go. And that other person go, wow, I'm not alone. And I think that's the biggest power that we have. Mm-hmm. I think you, was it 16 different businesses that you started? I did. Yeah. Uh, 16 different. I closed, closed like nine of them, right? When I got divorced, because again, it was going to take me like the lawyers like, this is going to take three years. I said, no, we can, we can make always make more money. We can't make more time. I'm not going to put my kids mm-hmm. through that. But yeah, 16 Were different you, companies. Did you own them with your ex? I didn't. No, uh, those were owned uh, primarily by me. What I found when I started off, right? Like I'm going to be, you know, fully transparent here. I mean, like when we were, you know, working, you know, with companies like MySpace and Yahoo, actually it was Overture back then. This shows my age <laughs> and going through, we actually helped MySpace actually create one of the first social media ads to be able to monetize their traffic. That social media ad was actually basis of what a lot of the social media ads are based off of today of what we created. And by doing that, I mean, like it was like printing money back then. And yeah. so I had a huge rise very quickly at a young age. And because of that, I had a lot of opportunity that, were, that was drawn to me. I made a lot of dumb mistakes too, but 
so many people were like, well, how do you do this? And I said, I, I realized really quickly that I needed to stay in my zone of genius. And so we started going through and I started having coaching clients or people asking what's going on. I said, look, you're amazing at this. Like, let me back you up. I'll use my resources from accounting to sales, to marketing, to infrastructure. You be the CEO of that company and we'll partner and we'll go through. And so that's where I started building a lot of companies from monetizing every type of acronym you could imagine in advertising, but also branding companies, PR companies, website building companies, stuff like that. But I had the right people to run those, allowing me to be able to run multiple companies and not rip my hair out from you know trying to be able to do too much all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I can't be everything to everyone, right? Like I became that person that was like, oh, go to Josh Ford, whatever you're doing online. And so when I had my reset, I was going to be a life coach at first. I had my man bun, my mala beads. <laughs> Your man bun. <laughs> yeah, no, my pendulum had swung. But I realized really quickly too, I wasn't a life coach because I just wanted to share what I had gone through so no one else would really be able to make the same mistakes mm-hmm. because I was basing everything, what everyone bases everything off of, which was monetary success. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I had 45 pounds of weight, better weight in my life. My, my relationships were monetary. I had no vision about where I was going to where I was at. And so like, then I went that reset, I was like, I'm going to share, I'm going to be this guru. And I tried to forget my past to forge a new future, Emily. And one of the biggest things, I think that's a mistake that a lot of us make in this world, that we can't forget our past. We have to leverage our past, learn from our past to create the new future. And so when I finally put those two together, human element, along with marketing, that's where standout authority was born. And, you know, I've never looked back and it's been amazing. So with the failures that you went through, how did they shape your outlook and approach to entrepreneurship now? Always measure twice, cut once, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Emily, I could go through, right? There was one time I was with a a buddy, quote quote unquote buddy that I uh, I had known in the online advertising world for a long time. And we were sitting in Vegas at the uh, the Palms Casino up in the Playboy Club playing blackjack or something. And, you know, he made me an offer. He's like, hey, I just sold my company for 20 million, whatever. He's like, I'll sell you that. I know you're working on some code to be able to build yourself. I'll sell you our source code, you know, for 1.3 million. And, you know, and I was like, handshake deal. I'm like, cool, man. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Needless to say, I didn't do, I didn't measure twice. I just, that was a born and raised in Texas, I was raised on being able to trust others until you were proven otherwise. Yeah, It ended up costing me almost $10 million over the next year of revenue because it was done wow. together, right? Because I made a decision or, I mean, like, you know, so like, okay, business-wise, when we're creating, which we're working on a SaaS now, it's like, okay, I'm looking at everything. I'm controlling. I'm, I'm looking at it multiple ways and not just me. I think most entrepreneurs try and control so much. Like, oh, I can't trust anyone else. They can't do it like me. Yeah. Guess what? If they could do it like you, they would be you, but they're not. So we have to be able to understand that sometimes it takes multiple people, two or three people to do the same job you do, right? And so these are those things that we have to be able to take into consideration as well that I learned. I had to be able to release release that control and go, cool, all right, you know what? Maybe they can't do the exact same thing I do in a day, but one person, but maybe five people can. And that's that's okay because I know have to be able to value my time at a higher level to be able to be able to grow and actually be able to have a life I want to live rather than just head down in business all the time. Yeah. Finding that balance. Would you change anything or would you still take the same route? No, I wouldn't change anything. It, it's led me to the love of my life, Rachel, oh. um, amazing family. 
I get to work with amazing human beings. And honestly, it's, it, it, all those things weren't mistakes, right? They were just learning opportunities for me to be able to go in because even though I thought I was doing the right things back then, Emily, I don't think without some of those that happened, I would have the foresight that I have now on, on what I want to do. Because for me, you know, everything that I, I want to be able to humanize the way we are online, right? I want to be able to help other entrepreneurs never feel as alone as I did, which, you know, kind of skipped over it. But like when I was going to divorce, like I contemplated if I should be on this planet. And I remember staring at a wall, wondering if the money I would leave for my family would be more important than me. Now, I know so many entrepreneurs struggle with that. So like, and I've, I've changed lives just by sharing my story about that. And so we know I, I needed to be able to do that, to be able to save others and to be able to share that experience that other people are too scared to be able to share and hope to be able to make them more confident in where they are. Mm-hmm. Do you think much about legacy? I, I have two coming on three kids, of course. I mean, it's legacy is always something that kind of crosses my mind. Yeah. What kind of legacy do you hope to leave behind? You know, I don't think it's, a. you know, business is great, right? I hope I can be able to humanize more. I had such a hand in monetizing the web in the beginning. I hope I can be able to bring that you and human back to online and how we do things. Yeah. That's not really my legacy. That's just something that I'm I'm working towards, right? My legacy, and a lot of it is with my children. I want to be able to, I want to be able to leave a legacy, not only with my children, with others that, you know, I was 100% me, 100% of the time on and offline, um, no matter what. And I want others to be able to understand that I, I say what I do and I do what I say. And it's okay to be able to do this in this world because we have so many people that are trying to be able to this, these influencers, right? Like, oh, look at me. And you know, they're standing on the Lamborghini, whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to be an influencer. I want to be a thought leader with influence, mm. right? I think that's more powerful. And if I can be able to do that, I can leave a legacy. My, honestly, Emily, like every day I know, and I, I see these messages, like my legacy, if I just can go back in and go, I, I helped or saved one person or created an opportunity for someone, that's more than enough legacy for me, right? That ripple effect will change the lives of so many people. So I don't need this lofty, like, oh my God, Josh and head, you know, spotlights, whatever, just someone to be able to go like, thank you, you know, and that's a, that's a legacy enough for me and my kids to be able to say that, you know, they were proud of their father. Oh, were you close to Jesse Lee at all? It was a little bit, uh, you know, again, I wish I could say I was closer. She was amazing. We, we ran across each other multiple different times. Surprise, surprise, last name Lee, but she was something special. Yeah, she really was. And again, it just, none of the money comes into play when people talk about her. The... Talk about legacy. Jesse Lee really left a legacy that I mean, we, we saw that even people that didn't know her, I remember seeing on Facebook, I don't know who Jesse Lee is, but the amount of people that are standing up and talking about what an amazing and impactful life she led, they were just in awe. Like I would see posts that people didn't know about her because they saw so many of us sharing mm-hmm. about the, uh, such a great loss and what she did to this world. That's a legacy, right? That's a legacy that people go on like, that's a, I don't have the words for it, but yeah. She was powerful and just undeniably herself. Yeah. Despite, like you said, she drank a lot of haterade. You have to. When you are, when you're 100% you, 100% of the time, Emily, that's going to happen because guess what? Yeah. People are going to be jealous. So many people are jealous, not of your success, not of your career. They think that, 
most times people are jealous that you're actually living a life that you want to live. Yeah. Because most of us in this world do not have that. We've been conditioned by so many people, so many different authorities in our world to be able to be subjected to what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do, right? Like who, who tells us how we actually value what success looks like, right? It's individual to every single person. And once you actually kind of understand that wealth is more than a number, man, life shifts and change. Yeah, it really does. I, I struggle with haters. Like, not that I have a lot, but when I get that mean comment or something, I really, as much as I'm like, I tell, you know, my team or whatever, bless them, block them. Don't, it's, it says more about them than it does about you. It still yeah. is bothersome. You're human. It's one of those things. I'm not going to say that it's, it's never going to hurt, but we've got to be able to rise up. And I mean, you know, I forget. I'm trying to remember right now. Someone told me they made this great set, you know, they're like, thank you, you know, and, you know, I hope you have the day that you deserve, right? Or something like that. It's just, you know, because look, it, this is what's going on. It's like, you know, I appreciate your perspective. And, um, you know, I hope you, you know, enjoy the day that you deserve, right? Or something of that nature. Just going, look, I acknowledge, I'm not trying to run away from it. Like, you're mm-hmm. probably hurting in such a way that you're trying to hurt others. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got an email a couple months ago from somebody through my website from a fake email about my LinkedIn posts saying they didn't like my LinkedIn posts. They didn't like that I wore dresses in the photos. I wore too many dresses. And yeah, and it just, it went on and it- <laughs> Dresses, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, why don't, <laughs> why don't you wear another dress or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Emily, I'm so, you know, I think it's amazing that you wear dresses and be able to go through, like my daughter doesn't have enough, you know, and look, it doesn't matter one way or another. Like, I don't care, but you know, my daughter, you know, she's not a, wants to wear dresses and like, look, I don't care one way or another, but I think a lot of it is too, is she doesn't have enough amazing, powerful women in this world like you, you know, showing her that it's okay to be able to wear a dress and stuff like that. Right. It's not, or or not. And being able to go through, like I, I've, you know, I've got one daughter, I've got one on the way. My little girl's due in a couple of weeks, right? Like I want, please don't ever let these people stop you from what you're doing because this world needs amazing, powerful women like you, like my wife, Rachel, you know, in this world, adding value to it and showing others that nothing can stop you because I know people can't, I don't know if you can see like behind me, I have two pictures and it's, I have the female and the male ethos that I had painted for myself because I always feel that we, there's no true value without both sides of the coin. Mm. And I, I, it's, we, we have to be able to have this. And I mean, my kids need, need you. So please ping you to be able to be you a hundred percent of the time. People, that's one of the things is they get scared to, to show up initially, especially like on LinkedIn, for some reason, that seems to be a big fear for a lot of people. Like, what do you tell people to start with showing yeah, up. You know, I mean, especially I know for women, I mean, we have a lot of amazing females that are clients of ours too. And I see this and there's a, there's a lot of just, you know, I'm trying to use a better word, but like men that are not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I wanted to use a lot of other things. Yes. I block a lot of those. Yeah. You know? Don't oh, just block them, report yeah. them, you know, <laughs> like, Uh, really sexual comments. Exactly. And it's ridiculous. And so, you know, it makes it hard to be able to show up, especially 
you know, as a female on that platform when, when men are doing these things, but I mean, for everyone, right. Men or women, you know, you've got to be able to show it. You got to be able to start. So like where I say is like, it's the 10, 20, 70 method. So you're creating your content. Your content needs to have about, you know, 10% about you personal, right. It needs to be, you know, human beings connect with other beings that 10% take someone from knocking on your door to sitting on a couch, being out going, Oh, you know, you're a parent, me too. Or like you and I am like, Oh my God, we were both on clubhouse together, right? Like we had the common bond that we spend so much time together that mm-hmm. you asked me for this podcast. It wasn't even a question. I was like, hundred percent, let's rock it out. Let's have some fun. <laughs> right. And so that 10% personal is really, really important. I'm not asking you to be able to open up and be, you know, share like what Rachel did, right. By going through IVF, but we need to know that you, you have a life outside of just your business, right? What are your likes, dislikes, give something. 20% of your content should be around your company but not about what you can do for others, what you've done for someone else, right? How have you helped? What have you done? And tell a story, being able to go through, talk about people in your company, right? Like we only do this 20% of the time, Emily, because we don't want to be that person in the room that's always talking about ourselves, which is half the people on LinkedIn, right? Like, oh, there's Josh again. That dude never shuts about LinkedIn. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Like we don't want to be that person. Yeah. And then 70% add value. This is the cool thing about it is it doesn't even have to be yours. If someone's listening right now and you get amazing, you're seeing one of Emily's posts and they're amazing or you're listening to this podcast and you got like a, a hit of gold that you're like, oh, dude, I love this. Share it, give credit, like be an aggregator of value, right? Being able to go through. So 70% of your content doesn't have to be your own, but if you educate your audience enough, even if it's not your content, it will come to you for a solution. We want to be able to become a destination website that people go to every single day going, oh my God, Emily is the best at X. I want to go to hers because not only are we seeing her content, but she aggregates some of the best thought leaders in the world and, and I uh, audience. And that's where I want to go every single day. And so that's what I want to get people that 10, 20, 70, 10% personal, 20% around your company, 70% adding value. And it's not like these other platforms, you got to post like three or four times a day, like post three times a week, right? And you'll have more than enough visibility on that platform. Is that how often you say is three times a week? That's the Right. We, I mean, look, I post, you know, probably five to six, sometimes seven days a week. I mean, I usually post Monday through Friday and it depends on if the, if it hits me on weekends, but even for our clients, the minimum we're doing when we start off with them is three times a week, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you get, you get X that you got to Twitter or whatever. You got to post like three times an hour, you know? So like, you have a, a better audience and you don't have to be able to create all this content. All you're looking for, Emily, for the most part, because they're looking for that dwell time on LinkedIn, you want to do at least three lines of content because what we're looking for is that little more button that pops up because that creates a lot of value. LinkedIn goes, oh, they're trying to understand more. If you get past that, that's a better, hitting that more button is better than a like uh, on your post. What? Yeah. Wow. So I'm not saying you need, you know, 200 or 2,000 characters three lines, right? Just go through that short suite to the point, like they don't want viral content. They recently, the the CEO of LinkedIn just came out and said that, like, it's like, I don't want, if it's viral, like a cat hanging in a tree is like, I know it's the wrong content for this platform. We want people that are adding value and educating their audiences through their own experiences. Wow. That is super cool. Yeah. Did not know that. Getting that more button. That's it. That more button is pretty powerful. So that's what you really want people to be able to do. And I mean, it's, you know, cause that means they're, they're taking, you've caught their interest and it's just like email copy, right? We've got to be able to grab that headline. What's yeah. that headline that's going to push someone enough 
you hit the more button. You get that down, powerful. Should it be like a question or? We test a lot of things, right? Sometimes I even do a statement. I, again, the biggest thing that headline needs to be able to do that first line, mm-hmm. it has to evoke an emotion, right? Good or bad, right? You have to, because that's why people make decisions. They're going to make a decision if they're going to hit that more button. If it's indifferent, you're just wasting not only your time, but you're wasting the reader's time. And I mean, that's the only resource we don't get back. So people are so scared to be polarizing. So you have to be able to evoke that emotion. And I don't care if it's a question, it's a statement, whatever it is, that's what you have to be able to start and stand out with. Wow. I like that. I have found that it's a lot easier to post on LinkedIn now because of the scheduling that they give you. Yep. That's the only way you want. If you want to schedule, use the LinkedIn schedule. Don't use one of the other systems, but yeah, that's theirs is, is great. And they're to Emily and I, some of the new AI features and stuff that they're coming out with, it's going to be crazy. I've, I've had beta testing some of it. It's really neat on how they're doing, really helping people, not being able to try and take over, but actually be able to assist them. Like help them write captions and things like that? The captions to be able to update your profile, to be able to your resume, oh, um, or being able to, one of the things they're testing right now with Sales Navigator, which is LinkedIn's built-in CRM system, is actually being able to help you be able to I- identify your ideal audience and when they're oh. actually online and how to be able to engage with them. Interesting. So they're really, and I mean, like we saw a huge shift, I think it was earlier this year, you know, because they've got the end, they're, they're going in and getting all the fake people. I mean, there's so many, there's people out there. I mean, I didn't realize how many fake accounts were, I mean, again, been in social long enough. I know they're there, but I didn't realize how many fake accounts were following me. And I mean, like they went through, there's people that lost hundreds of thousands of followers. I think I lost like 20 or 30,000. You know, because they were going through there and oh. trying to remember, remove all these spams and bots that are in there to create a platform that's really human first. I didn't know there was fake people on LinkedIn, fake accounts. Yeah. You know, it's that it's the whole thing. No matter if there's an opportunity for someone to exploit it, they will. Yeah. So just like other platforms that you and I, you and I know people that have done it, you know, they'll go out and buy all their followers or they'll buy their comments or they'll buy their views, right? And then we've gotten in a world where like, oh, well, so-and-so has, you know, 100,000 followers. They must know what they're talking about. Uh, they could have just paid for all those. Can that you pay for happening on LinkedIn too and LinkedIn too? took a stand. Yeah. On LinkedIn, you can pay for the engagement. You can. And, but again, that's what LinkedIn's doing, right? They're not, they're looking for that viral content. I've seen content get more visibility from 20 or 30 engagements comparably to when you go into an engagement pod and get 800 right? And they're actually watching and using AI to be able to regulate that to really help the people that are really trying to add value to the platform. I had somebody pitch me about a month ago or something. He calling me asking for a meeting and then he's saying that he had developed the software that could segment people to like a whole other degree on LinkedIn and then contact them at a mass scale and pitch them on like different products or something. That I was just like, makes my stomach turn. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? How is that legal? It's like, well, LinkedIn looks for it. They look for automation. They ever catch automation on the platform, you'll get booted. I mean, this is that whole thing. I mean, like now, not only pitching on LinkedIn when they connect, they're scraping your email and their phone number. So they're now they're emailing you and then they'll find, scrape your phone number if it's on there and they'll text you and like, maybe if I had spam or like 10 times in different places that will yeah. let you sell. I'm like, I, I love the LinkedIn experts that are out there. Like, hey, Joshua B, because I have my first name as <laughs> Joshua B, so I can catch automation. Hey, Joshua B, ever thought about using LinkedIn to get leads? 
Like, <laughs> no, but also too, if this is how you're doing it, like if anyone actually falls for this is because they can already see this is how you're doing it for yourself. So I assume that you're not going to get much better for them. Like, yeah. Do they still allow you to export emails on LinkedIn? They stop that. So you can't export it. But again, of course, they're scraping tools, stuff like that. I, I, I remember speaking at an event. You know, This was a couple of years back. Um, actually, I think pre-COVID, I had someone come up to me. I was just doing my talk and like, well, that seems like a long time to be able to do what you do. You know, like, why wouldn't I just, you know, scrape all the emails and just email everyone? I think I'd get the job done faster. I was like, what? I want to be like, dude, if you scrape, you know, you scrape my email and spam me, like, I'm going to be like, it's so annoyed. Like, that's not going to sell me. Like, all you're going to do is piss off thousands of people yeah. and hoping to get the one sale. And I mean, that's not the better way to be able to do it. You and I know, Emily, and they, I love your advocates because I, I see them all the time. You've, you've really created a, a tribe and advocates are so much more powerful than one sale. So one sale is just so one-to-one relationship and it's exhausting. And if you create an advocate, they bring you thousands of opportunities and thousands of relationships. And that's what we need to concentrate on. Yes, totally. I've seen that so much over the years. Those brand advocates that have been with us for years and yeah. they're first ones to share your content and to refer you over different people that can use your services and all that. And much stuff. rather have that than being able to try and go through and sell someone. It's like, how many doors do you want to, you know, I've used this analogy before. Even work. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, it's just, they're just playing the numbers game and the numbers game doesn't work. And I, I personally, maybe it works. I mean, like, it's just, if you got to sell someone, you've got to continue to sell someone, right? Like every single time it's time to build them again. Rather than if you educate, inspire, and draw someone in and they choose to work with you, that's powerful. They made that choice. And now that that, that LTV, that lifetime value of that client becomes exponential. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever in since I've been an entrepreneur since 2009 been sold something in that capacity on a product or so. It's always been, you know, either a referral or recommendation. I reached out to somebody on my own accord by researching. Yeah. It's never been cold message on LinkedIn. That just ticks me off and I automatically remove the connection. <laughs> 100%. You cold pitch me, delete, we removed. I mean, like, I don't care if we've been connected for 10 years, right? It's it's time. To, it's, yeah. It's And that's the whole piece. I mean, like, I know you and I, we work with people that are like us. So if it's if I'm not going to fall for it or buy it, why mm-hmm. do I think the audience I want to attract is going to? All I'm going to yes. do is attract the wrong people if they're really going to fall for that. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like I wouldn't get my hair cut by somebody that whose hair I hated. <laughs> I'm not going to hire somebody that's using crap methods. <laughs> oh, yeah. But believe you me, I, even with my hair, I only go to one place uh, every single time. For years and years, I got to make sure that my, my mohawk always is standing straight. <laughs> so if somebody right now wanted to get started, what would you say is the starting point? What do, what should they do? Should they sit down, craft their brand a bit, figure out who they want to attract, what story they all, want to tell? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, this. I mean, you've got to be able to understand who you, who you are, what do you stand for? Who do you serve? Right. Being yep. there. You know, really being able to, I always tell everyone like there's this, uh, the hero's journey. Yeah. Really being able to go through that. That's a really powerful um, way to be able to go in because people don't want, they want someone to guide them, right? They don't want mm-hmm. to be sold or led, right? And so like you have to be able to really understand who you serve and what you do 
And then once you actually kind of go through that, the first thing you have to be able to do is be able to rock out your profile on LinkedIn. Because if you start going in and creating content or sending messages out and they go to a, a bland or not fulfilled or, or anything, or even a resume, which most people have a resume as their LinkedIn profile, you just wasted your time because they went back to something that they didn't do anything for them. They didn't actually allow them to get to know you. So, you know, once you have all those other things, like you need to be able to go on your profile and really be able to take time to be able to fill out everything, right? Like from your profile picture to your header to all every company. Like I even go back through, if you look at my companies, it's not just CEO of standard authority. Like I go all the way back to like, I think it's like 1998. <laughs> Yeah. And when I was a server at a restaurant called Chili's here in the States, you know, so, <laughs> and you know how many people reach out like, oh my God, you worked at Chili's? Me too, right? Like connection, conversation, relationship, so good. Yes. You know? And it also shows where you started. And it gives people opportunity like, oh my God, well, Josh did this. Maybe I can too, right? It gives them, it, it, short, it shrinks the gap between us and our audience. Because most time people stack it, they're like, oh, I'm, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I did that shit too. I, I in the past, I went through and I was like, oh, I'm the founder of X and MR companies and me and they would go through and people were like, doo, 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 doo. okay, well, I can't work with Josh. He's just too far ahead of me. And we have to be able to humanize ourselves and be able to show people that we started somewhere. Right. And then be able to go through, like, do you work with charities? You know, I've for many years, I've been the, the resident Spider-Man at Dell Children's Hospital here in Austin, Texas. Like oh it's on my resume, right? Like I want people to understand all the other things that I am and I do. I talk about my kids. I talk about my book. I talk about all these other things. It's really not, it's not a resume. It's a career journey. Where have I been? Where am I at now? And where am I going? Do you incorporate clear call to actions on your LinkedIn? Oh, yeah. And I, I do my clear call to actions in my about section, right? Like at the end of it, it's like, look, if I can be able to serve you, help you, you able to go here because we don't want, if they have to go in and find your contact information, You've already lost them again. Like, oh, how do I actually get a hold of what's going on? Like in my about section at the bottom, once I've actually told my story and use all the, the character count that I can, it's saying, hey, if you want to be able to connect with me, here's the best way to be able to do it. Is that part of your profile? Is that optimized? On yeah. Oh, so if somebody's searching specific things, you'll come up. And yeah. outside, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be able to have all those things and use all the different aspects. There's so much, so many features that, People forget to be able to do for like featured section, right? Like it should be a news feed of, of your top stuff that's going on. You know, newsletters. Newsletters are super powerful on LinkedIn. I mean, like, I know you asked me, like, where do people start? And I, I don't want to get too far in and be like, oh, here's all the, there's so many things to be able to leverage on there. Like, and since I said it, I, I have to kind of finish my, my ADHD has to finish my thought. <laughs> but newsletters, Emily, like, I don't know if you're doing a newsletter yet or not. I thought about it, but I wasn't sure. So you've been, I love, our clients that have podcasts because newsletters are an amazing way to leverage that, right? We'll go through and basically do a summary of the month or, you know, summary of the beginning, the first two weeks and the last two weeks, depending on how many podcasts are putting out of their top podcasts, being able to go through, you can actually embed the podcast into the newsletter. And now LinkedIn's doing your job for you because not only you're going to be, it's not even, you don't have the, it's the same stuff you're already putting on your podcast page, right? The description, all the other stuff. And then it's now getting indexed on LinkedIn, Google, and AI. And now LinkedIn's do the job for you because the people that read sign up for your newsletter are now LinkedIn's emailing them. Say, hey, here's the recent podcast. Here's the newsletter from Emily. And now it's going in their inbox as well. And they have 100% deliverability. We see massive shifts when people have podcasts when they start leveraging a newsletter to include their podcast in there because it embeds it perfectly. 
Oh, okay. That's on my to-do list today. Yeah. Well, another another Canadian, one of our clients, Evan Carmichael. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're, he came to us and I was talking with him in a group genius network with him and, and Evan, you know, he's, Evan's amazing. He's been around all over the place and, you know, he has like 3.6 million followers on YouTube. He's like, I need to get to 40 million followers, but I can't, I haven't, I've tried everything. Wow. I'm like, you've tried everything. You tried LinkedIn. He's like, yeah. I'm like you tried LinkedIn newsletters. So, and it, when I gave him that new idea, he was like, okay, dude, I'm, we're hiring you. Let's let's move forward. And it's it's amazing for someone like him who's been around for a long time. People hold him up with so much knowledge. Yeah. There is other things. And it's like, look, let's do it. And so that's one thing that we're leveraging for him to do for the YouTube side. That's so funny that <laughs> somebody at that level, right? It's like frustrated they can't hit four million. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, first world problems, right? But <laughs> Totally. It's true. It's true. Oh, well, where can everybody find more information? Obviously, LinkedIn about you, about Standout Authority, about working with you, all that good stuff. Of course, you can go to our website, standoutauthority.com and be able to connect. But like, Emily, I love when people on LinkedIn reach out, but this is the biggest problem. I continue. People say, you know, I get spammed all the time. I have a junk in my feed, you know, because they're just hitting that connect button. Mm -hmm. connection mechanism. I always call it, it's playing Pokemon online, right? They're trying to collect them all. And I think that's the biggest problem that people do with LinkedIn, right? So like what I would love the listeners to do is to reach out and tell me why they love you, right? Hey, Josh, I heard you with Emily. I love Emily because of X, Y, or Z. Oh my gosh. Now I only get to know you better. I get to share that with you, but I get to know them and what, what the relationship was with you. And that is an oh, amazing way to be able to build a connection. I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Share my love. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being here today, Joshua. This was so great. I could rock your brain on a million things, honestly. Well, anytime. You know, I'm always here. Well, we'll link everything in the show notes so you can go, you can reach out to Joshua. And of course, if you are interested in growing your presence, make sure you check out Standout Authority. They are brilliant. All right, everybody, if you did enjoy this episode, please take a screenshot, share it with your friends, share it on your social media platforms. We love to see it. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. 